Welcome back to From the Frying Pan. My name is Vince Cassay and I'm your host for this podcast. We will be talking today about restaurant success and what that means really in terms of leadership, the employees, the staff, the guest experience, and the overall atmosphere and ambiance. So what leads into a successful restaurant? I think there's a lot of different levels that we can look at. Obviously, the product that's being served, is it served to the specifications of that particular restaurant's leadership? Is the customer enjoying it per those expectations? Is the hot food hot? Is the cold food cold? Is the beer awesome? Is the wine eccentric? Are the craft cocktails out of this world and unique to that location? Are the staff members happy with the work environment that they work in? Is the sanitation up to par? So many different things. But what leads into success, however we define it at our particular restaurant or our location, is ultimately how we execute the agenda. So the agenda being sanitation, the agenda being food costs, the agenda being ticket times, whatever it is that we measure our success by, something is going to contribute to that success or ultimately take away and provide a failure. And the concept that I'm going to talk about this afternoon or today or tonight, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, is called Aces in Places. Hopefully, if you've been in the restaurant industry long enough, you've heard this expression, putting aces in their places. And it's a catchy phrase. And basically what it means is, who are the performers? Are you putting them in the right spot at the right time? to execute whatever it is that is your main priority that will allow you to perform at a high level and keep that experience of that shift for the customer, for the guest, for the staff members, for your management or leadership team, whatever it is, are you going to keep it to the highest level and really enjoy what you're doing? And let's be honest, for the amount of hours that we spend and the commitment that we put into working in the restaurant industry, we want to have a great shift. We want to look at the end and go, wow, man, we killed it. Ticket times were amazing. Or, hey, everyone that walked out was smiling and had a great experience. Or, you know, the staff that was working tonight really gelled together, worked together, had fun. Their morale was up, you know, at the utmost high at that point. And you could tell everyone's having a good time. And that's every shift's goal, whether it's Sunday brunch, whether it's Friday night and it's date night, whether it's a really busy holiday. The goal is always the same. We want to run a great restaurant. We want to execute at a high level. And there's something that goes into that. And it's basically strategy. And it's something that I struggled with in the beginning of my career because I didn't understand the value of it. I thought, well, these people want these days off or they don't want to work these shifts or, you know, I don't have enough good people. So the shifts run kind of rugged and, and, and not smooth at all. Um, or, you know, God, I just, I'm not hiring the right people for the right positions. I liked him as a bartender, but now he wants to be this and he's not really good over here. There's so many things that I struggled with in the beginning of my career in the restaurant industry. And as time wore on, I'm like, God, there has got to be a better way. And whether I called it aces and places or I had a different expression or I didn't even realize that it was some fun, catchy expression, I thought, you know, I want a little bit of strategy. And I started really looking at the schedules that I was posting and printing and creating. I started looking at the kitchen schedule and who worked what day and really trying to find some anchors, you know, for each shift. 
And it was easier to do on my days off because I loaded up the schedule with the best players because I hoped that when I wasn't there, they could execute at a better level. When I was there, I felt like I had the ability and the tenacity and the work ethic to jump in and really compensate. If I didn't have an ace in a place, I could sit there and jump back behind the line or get behind the bar or help bus tables. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but basically it comes down to one single word and it's strategy. If you're not going into your daily routine with strategy, you are doing yourself a huge disservice. And ultimately, it's going to ripple throughout the guest experience, the staff experience, and your execution and, and your, your ability to perform. Individually, as a team, however you want to look at it, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't have some sort of agenda. So I would sit there and I would write the schedules and I'm like, all right, who are my best servers? They're going to be the openers so I can trust them. They'll get set up. They'll have the better sections. They'll get their requests off. They'll get their perfect schedule. Who's working grill on what days? You know, I've got to have a great guy on Friday and Saturday, someone that's fast and efficient, but also accurate. Who are my bartenders on a Wednesday and Thursday night that I'm running a special or a happy hour where I know the volume is going to be high and they're going to be able to smile, execute, but also have a good time in the process. And you really got to sit there and wonder who are the best people for these positions? Can I fit them in all the little peg holes and make sure that everything matches up? And then not that the people around them are unimportant or less important, but let's be honest, it's a rarity that all of your people are aces. It's a rarity that everyone has open availability and the perfect schedule for you will always lay itself before you and go, wow, every day's a dream at this restaurant and I have the perfect opportunity to relax because I've got people that are awesome performing at a high level and really, really love it. So the strategy of the floor plan, the strategy of the opener versus the closer, the strategy of the really quick person that's great at chopping and slicing, um, the strategy of the person that closes excellent, you know, cleanest kitchen you've ever seen. I want that guy closing on a slow night so we can get back ahead to our standards or make sure the kitchen's awesome for the next shift. And what you do over time when you have this strategy and you have this mindset of aces in places, making sure that the shift runs fantastically, you stop being what I call a firefighter. And a firefighter is a young manager or a young leader that spends all of their time in reaction mode. They are putting out fires. They are bouncing back and forth like a pinball machine around your restaurant or in the dining room or in the kitchen, reacting to everything that falls apart running out of product, high ticket times, uh, spill in the dining room, grill recooks, you know, name it, whatever it is, they're just bouncing back and forth reacting to it because the staff that they have and the places they've put them are not performing to a level that allows them to really do what their actual job is and it's to be an amazing coach. It's to provide feedback throughout the shift. It's to fine tune those little behaviors, those little actions um, with your staff that is either excellent, the A's, the B's that are almost there that just need a little bit of coaching, a little bit of motivation, or the C's that really haven't figured out how to perform. And you know, your job as a coach is to get everyone to whatever the next level for them is. You don't take a C player to an A, you take them to a B, you get them comfortable, you get them consistent, and then you move them up to an A. And that's a leadership thing. But we're talking about strategy. So, you know, spend your time setting it up, 
getting a game plan, being the general of an amazing army, you know, and that is the key to generals that win battles and win wars and prevent casualties or minimize the casualties or conquer kingdoms or newfound lands. The generals that are amazing at their job are the ones that understand that strategy is the utmost importance. And let's be honest, when you're going into battle, you want to win. And you don't want to be a firefighter. You don't want to bounce around and be stressed out and your staff's not having fun. And there's a ripple effect behind each of these small fires that happens throughout the day. What you really ultimately want to be is an air traffic controller. You want to be the person up in the tower watching everything happen and allowing planes to land safely, allowing planes planes to take off safely also. You want to make sure the timing is correct. You want to make sure you're getting the most out of your airport, for lack of a better weird analogy. You want to make sure all of the bees are buzzing around in the hive and doing what they're supposed to be doing and not bumping into each other and not hurting anyone else. And you'll find much less stress, much less anxiety, and you'll also find an atmosphere that people like to work in. And when it comes down to the restaurant business and our biggest downfall, which is turnover, you've got to figure out how to make the work environment work well. You got to make it fun for people. You got to remove obstacles. You've got to make sure that stress is as low as possible. And let's be honest, you can't eliminate it. It's a stressful job. You know, it's go time all the time, but it's fun if you do it well. And the people in our industry that really are passionate and love it, love it for a very good reason. Reason is because the energy is so it's contagious. And when you're having fun and you're laughing and you're high-fiving and you're selling bottles of wine and you're getting food out of the kitchen that looks amazing and you're selling drinks that people are just like, oh my God, I'm going to tell all my neighbors to come up here next week so I can have this drink. That's where success happens. And it is an amazing feeling. It's a sweet spot of all of these things working together in the same time with the same energy and also because of the strategy that's laid out. So let's talk about aces. You know, what is an ace? Is it someone that's just good at their job? Um, Is it someone that just has the right attitude? Uh, Is it someone that responds differently to stress? So when things get stressful, they don't become stressed. They kind of dial it down a little bit and become stable and focused. Uh, Are they the person that people get along with and they can kind of control the morale of their area, whether it be the host stand or the grill or the saute station or even behind the bar? Um, Are they the person that executes standards and expectations at a higher level naturally? Um, Maybe they're a person that doesn't need quite as much coaching because they're driven by pride, they're driven by ability, and they're also driven by however the reward that's placed in front of them comes back to them. So for example, if I'm going to hire a guy on the grill and he wants $15 an hour and I say, you know what, I'm going to start you at 15, show me what you're made of, here are the things that are really important to me and here's how I want the job done. And he gives that to you and says, hey, now I'd like to make more money. You'd be a fool not to pay him more money, but you'd also be a fool not to explain to him what what that money means. That money carries responsibility, and here are the things that I'm going to see from you when you work. You've got to have an effect on your team. You've got to maintain standards when I'm not around. If I coach you or give you feedback, um, you're going to take it and really apply it in a meaningful way so we can continue to excel and improve every single day. So the answer to the question is an ace is all of those things. Uh, They're the person that when you go to, you can trust and they come to you with solutions to problems that they are 
seeing that they're having to go through that are complicating their day. And let's be honest, what you really want to do as a leader is remove as many obstacles as possible so your people can perform the job at a high level. They can execute it. They're not running out of stakes. You know, the first hour that we open, the simple syrups are all labeled correctly and cooked properly. So when you go to make these amazing cocktails behind the bar, they don't have to reach for it or wonder like, oh, we got an 86 to drink because I didn't make them or it's made incorrectly. Whatever the obstacle is, whether it's tools, processes, systems, or even strategy, you've got to make sure as a leader and a manager in restaurants, it is the most vital thing you can do to determine if your success is going to happen that night or not. And to be fair, Everyone has a night that falls apart, even when there's aces in places. Everyone has a night where, geez, you know, we sold 38 lobsters in the first half hour because the staff was so jazzed up about them. And now it's 7.30 on a Wednesday and we're out of that item. That will happen for sure. You can't prevent it. It's not a foreseen thing that's going to happen. And it ran away from you. Totally different. And that's not strategy related. That's just happenstance. It just happens that way sometimes. And you do your best to prevent them. But ultimately, a great shift is run by great people focused on one thing. The other part of an ace that's really important is their premise of being an ace is also contingent on the fact that there's someone around them that can help them succeed as well. And a lot of times that we have minimal staff or not a great talented staff or we're in the developing phase or the building phase is we have an ace in a place that's important and we have a completely opposite of an ace working next to him. And what happens is the ace is trying to perform, the guy next to him is not performing at a level that's even remotely close, and that person starts holding the ace back and it makes the ace look bad. And aces do not like to fail, they don't like to be made to look bad, and they don't like to not perform at the level that they're used to and they feel good about. And that's something you really got to pay attention to because keep an eye on the person next to the ace. Are they working in conjunction? Are they trying to achieve a better level? Are they slacking off? Are they a little lazy? Are they working dirty? Whatever it is, because if you neglect those signs, overall, in the long term, the ace will stop being an ace because there's no reward for it. They can't execute. They're not happy. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they aren't feeling good about themselves and able to contribute the way that they love contributing. So it's really important to look at the people you surround the aces with as well. And maybe you enable them to be a coach and a leader and and, and motivator for the people around them, you know, and hold people accountable to also build them up as time goes by. So it's important to kind of understand that. When you look at fine tuning, this is something that over time, every coach has to do with their staff, even the great ones, even the great coaches with the great players. You've got football coaches that have these amazing quarterbacks and you would be absolutely foolhardy to think that that coach doesn't go up to them at the end of the game and give them a couple things. Hey, during that play, maybe you shouldn't have done that. That really wasn't the play that we were calling or I understand that it was stressful or this guy wasn't open. Whatever it is, you got to dial it down and make it simple so they can take the feedback and work on it in the future. You don't want to tear them down. You don't want to blame them for failure or blame them for poor decision making. What you want to do is motivate them to make a better decision next time or an alternative that they can pick when the situation prevents itself. So those are the types of things that you fine tune. And, you know, 
20% of the people do 80% of the work. It's a pretty typical statistic, I think, in any work environment. The problem with that in restaurants is that if you really believe that 20% of your staff is doing 80% of the work, then you have 80% of your staff not performing. And I don't think that that's really fair to our staff. I don't think that's a fair comparison to the people that are good or average or improving. And you really need to dial into that deal because aces won't perform at a high level if they're surrounded by 80% of the people that don't want to do their job or don't want to do it at a great level. Because in the long run, over time, they'll be like, well, what's the point? If 80% of the people don't care, why do I have to care? So... If you reflect on any large holiday or any large event that you've had in a restaurant, this is a really good time to understand what aces and places means. So at the restaurant I worked at for years, of course, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, um, we had Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve at my location years ago that was like, those were the two busiest days of the year. And when you strategize for those days, you really do it about a month out. You know, you sit down, you're like, all right, how much food are we going to order for that week? What does the product mix look like? What kind of specials do we want to run? And then you roll over into schedules. Who's going to be working that night? Who's that person's backup? If someone doesn't show up, who is our guy that's going to save the day and can kind of fit between the two B players to make sure that everyone performs right? You have a strategy and those hopefully were some of the smoothest shifts I've ever run because you have an army of a staff, you've got everyone focused on executing, you've got everyone believing that this is the most important day to every guest that walks in the building. We can't let them down, team. Let's go, go, go. And at the end of the night, it's amazing because everyone has a good time. They're high on success. They're high on ticket times. They did a great job. Everyone's high-fiving. You know, there's food, there's cookies, maybe there's beer. I don't know what your rules are, but... Whatever the reward is, whatever the celebration is, it's an amazing feeling. And that strategy can go into a day-to-day. So flash forward to another restaurant I worked at. Sunday in this particular restaurant, when I arrived there as the manager or the general manager, I was soon to find out that half of the staff doesn't work Sunday, quote-unquote. They don't want to work that day. It's a family day. Um, I go to church. I mean, a lot of different reasons, and I don't want to disregard any of those reasons or you know make them less important, but ultimately, we're here to run a business as leaders, and if Saturday is the day that's a total catastrophe, that it's chaos because you have C and B players running the restaurant on a super busy day, especially brunch, um, and you're in a location maybe that does a great evening business, it's a rough day and no one likes working it and it actually perpetuates itself even more to a negative level. So you really got to be careful about you know honoring requests and making sure people have a great work experience and then the customer suffers because of that. You know what I mean? And you got to really strategize around that and go, okay, you know, for the next two months, everyone I hire has to be able to work these shifts that are super important. Or, hey, there's some gaps that exist because I lost my head host and she worked Monday through Friday in the evenings. And now, you know, we're kind of struggling to make sure the guest experience is great when people walk in the door. So there's a lot to strategy and it's nonstop people. And, And you know, as well as I do, that we lose people people move on. We promote people. Uh, We allow people to grow within our company or within our restaurant or within our location. And movement is always something that we're trying to do because people want to learn more. So whatever the reason that you have, you know, a change in an area or, you know, 
a, a change in the leadership in that area. You've got to keep going. You know, you lose a quarterback on a team, you'd be a fool not to have a good backup quarterback. Even though it might cost you a little bit of money and they're not performing, you may need them at some point. So this one podcast is not about development and building a bench, but aces and places Aces do come from somewhere, and sometimes it's not just hiring off the street. They might be someone you develop in your own restaurant because you'll need them someday. It may be someone you put in a stressful position so they can kind of sink or swim and get that anxiety out and be able to work it through because a lot of people work that way. Um, Maybe it's someone you're developing personally and you take them under your wing and you show them the stressful situations and you provide an outlet for them to flex their wings, you know, or, or really try different situations that are new to them or unknown or that they haven't had any experience in, but you can build your own aces. And, and I highly recommend it, especially in our industry. Uh, I was a person that came up from waiting tables to bartending to hourly key employee to assistant manager who didn't know anything, by the way, even with all of those little promotions and steps. And then general manager, I was like, oh my God, I'm weighing over my head, but I'm going to fake it until I make it and figure it out. And it took a while. I'm not going to lie to anyone on this podcast. It took me a while to get a rhythm. And when I got the rhythm, I started fine tuning everything, how we ordered, what our product mix looked like, what our labor matrix looked like, how we control food costs, how we did events in our community, how we hired and terminated people, what our training program looked like. And so you fine tune a lot of things and your aces are the people that help you with that. They're the ones that you go to and say, hey, I want to do something new, but I need your support because if you support me, everyone's going to see that and the transition's going to be a little bit easier. Uh, I had an expression with my kitchen manager for a long time at one of the locations I worked at and it was basically, hey, we're going to try something. We're going to try it for 30 days and it may or may not be a popular change, but we're going to try it. But what I really need you to do is support me when any dialogue comes up about this because if you don't support me, it's just Vince with another crazy idea. If you support me, the team's going to go, okay, he knows what he's doing and he's on board so I can't fight two people that are leaders. We're going to roll with it. And the second part of that expression was we're going to do it this way for 30 days, comma, and at the end of the 30 days, if no one likes it and it doesn't yield a result, we will go back to the original Whatever, whether it's a system, whether it's how we do something, the timing, the location, whatever. And it worked. It worked a lot of the times. And sometimes it didn't work. And the aces were the ones that told me, hey, this isn't working. I'm trying really hard to do what you want me to do and give you the results you want. But I've got to be honest with you. This doesn't work. And if it doesn't work for me, it definitely doesn't work for the people that work when I'm not here. And those are important lessons. And you've got to give your aces the credence and the value and the support when they say honest things like that. Because not only do you create value for them on your team, but you create a line of communication and a roadmap to success. Because if the aces can communicate to their leader and the leader listens, they'll continue to communicate about really important things. And I remember a time when I was walking down the line looking at some product before we opened one day and one of my aces said, hey, can I show you something? And he went and pointed it out and it was a quality thing and it was really, really small. And he said, what would you like me to do? And I said, what do you want to do in this situation if I wasn't here and it was completely your choice and you were in charge, what would you do? 
He said, I'd throw it away. It's garbage. And I said, then throw it away. And you tell me what I need to do to get it back up here in the right way. And I knew the answer and I knew it was the right thing. And I knew where he was headed, but I wanted to empower him to make a great decision. I wanted to empower him to know that he's got skin in the game. He is part of this team and he's going to be able to make decisions and have good feedback and good perspective. And that is something that I watched over the first few months that I really started powering him and he started having dialogue with the staff around him that was working next to him going, hey, dude, you need to do this a little better. Hey, that's not how we do it here. Give me a new one. Hey, it's going to be a few minutes. We're just going to cook a new chicken or whatever the dish was. And I started seeing him grow and I started seeing him take more pride and more ownership and more communication started to happen through that particular ace than had ever in my whole career with him. And it was really a blossoming time. And I sat him down a few months later and I said, hey, I am absolutely just to the moon with your performance lately and your ownership and you're really digging in and I really couldn't be happier. I want to give you a raise. Let's talk about more money. How is your schedule? How is your family life? And you really start to make these amazing bonds with your staff. And not that the aces are more important than the other people, but I will tell you that you got to kind of work from the top down so the aces know that they're very valuable and they have an effect. And then that bleeds into your B team that you start to develop into an ace. And then all of a sudden, X amount of time goes by and you're running this amazing restaurant. You've got a ton of aces. You've got aces on day one. You've got aces on day two. You've got aces in the PM, some in the AM. You've got aces that are jockeying for the next position or promotion or whatever. And you have this environment of just performance and execution and excitement and everyone's jazzed up because the vision and all of the work and motivating them and really recognizing their performance has paid off. And it's a great great feeling because now the leadership can focus on what's next. And there's always a what's next, whether it's building sales, having a better food cost, doing more events in your community, um, developing more managers or more aces, so to speak. You know, there's always something for us to do. But if you are continually in firefighter mode and putting out fires and having no strategy and being the pinball and the pinball machine, just being bonked around, bonked around with weird noises and bumpers and all of that, you're never going to get ahead. You're never going to build something that you can be proud of. You're never going to get great results, whether they be financial uh, cash flow or financial sales building. You're never going to get the food cost dialed down to the perfect number where you're really making the most money you can. Uh, and you're never going to build business through your team and have bartenders that are making great money instead of a bartender that has super low morale because they're not making money because no one wants to sit at their bar. Um, all of these things are interrelated and the strategy is the leader's biggest tool for success. So when we think about aces and places, I want you to go back to your restaurant. I want you to really take a hard look at your schedules, at your lineup on the days that you're off, uh, your holiday prep schedule versus, you know, your random Tuesday where you might take the day off. How are those different? Are they executing at the level that you would be proud of and that you expect? Uh, and really ask some hard questions of the people that work on your day off. You know, I always had uh, this girl that worked for me that was fantastic. She worked every Tuesday, so I knew that I could take Tuesday off. And when Wednesday came back around and we worked together, I was like, hey, how was it? Where did we fall down? Who stepped out of line? 
and not for, you know, the point of going back to those people and beating them up, but for a point of coaching, you know, how can I better strategize for that day? And a random Tuesday is no big deal. It's usually a slow day in most restaurants, but there are still guests coming to that restaurant. There are still guests getting to go food. There are still guests sitting at the bar and you want to make sure that they have just as good as an experience as the people that come out for date night on Friday when we're fully loaded with staff and we're rocking and rolling or the people that come out to celebrate their birthday on a Thursday and there's happy hour or you know wine discounts or whatever it is that you offer. You want to make sure that every guest gets the same experience. And while that's not always possible, it should be everyone's intention and it should be every day and every shift and every person that walks in the door. So really go back, talk about strategy with your leadership team, look at the schedules, look at the prep list, look at the floor plans, you know, are they balanced out? Look at who's running the host stand, look at who your, you know, anchor bartenders are, you know, the hammers or the cleaners or the guest people or the person in the well that just Ticket times are amazing. Look at all those people and say, have I spread everyone to the right area at the right time and where are my gaps? And then you got to sit down and be honest with yourself and say, okay, do I need to move people around? Do I need to hire more people? Do I need to start developing a different, uh, you know, strategy to make sure that these holes don't exist? Um, you know, and where are my resources? You know, am I looking on Indeed? Am I looking on Craigslist? Am I looking on Monster? Am I looking at other restaurants when I go out to eat and go, hey, I'd really love it if they were on my team. Let's start recruiting. Or hey, talk to your staff and say, you know, you have friends that you work at another restaurant on the AM shifts and we need PM people. Do you think that you could talk to a couple people that you would like working with and see if they want to work a second job, maybe a couple days a week. There are many ways that you can fill in gaps in our industry, but you've really got to be tenacious. You've got to get out there and get creative and start recruiting people. I remember very, very long ago, uh, a manager of mine recruited this kid and he walked in and we did an interview and I loved him. I loved him right away. He had a great personality. He was super personable. Um, I could tell he was someone that cared for people and wanted to take care of people, but he had never worked in a restaurant a day in his life. And he was recruited from a local grocery chain that was known for their service. And so we hired him. You know, I, I didn't think it was the best idea, but I really liked the guy. And we hired him and he became one of my best employees. And what I mean by that is a lot of different things. But I would tell you that if you talk to any table that he waited on, they were ecstatic with service. They would tell every friend that week. They would go on Yelp or whatever and say, this was amazing. The server was fantastic. He made our whole evening. He knew this. He knew that. He did that. And you want people like that on your team. And so sometimes you got to think outside the box and really go after people that match the culture uh, in terms of hospitality and service and giving versus, you know, the hammers. You know, hammers are good, but, you know, you can train people how to be better at their job. You can't necessarily train people how to care and love your guests. So that's a lot to take in. Strategy, aces and places. I appreciate you listening. Hopefully this was helpful and you really rethinking your business and trying to get a better outcome and change your approach a little bit to really maximize your efforts. Because like I've said many times, and I'll continue to say, when you work a job 10 to 14 hours a day, you want great results at the end of the day. You don't want to feel bad. You don't want to feel like you let yourself down or your team and strategy is going to fix a lot of those things. So get out there, run a great shift. I'll talk to you next time. If you are interested in any coaching or restaurant consulting, you can visit my website. It'll be in the link uh, in the notes for this podcast, but the website is www.vincentcasse.com. 
And uh, I welcome any conversation from anyone. I love helping people do great and run better restaurants. So I'd be happy to support you and your endeavors. Thank you so much.